here. Yeah, no. What do you think about goggles? Goggles or... We'll see when we do that. All right, out into the abyss. That was me, inside of a snowcat at 1.30 in the morning on Mount Hood this past June. But forget everything you know about the month of June, because this definitely wasn't it. It was January, as some of the locals put it. Outside of our warm and dry snowcat was 50 mile an hour winds, pitch blackness, and blizzard conditions. For some reason, the seven or eight of us that are inside of the snowcat and crazy enough to make it this far are about to leave it to go try and climb this mountain. If you're wondering why, you're in the right place. Today's episode is how we got here and why we chose to go further. I'm Ben Shank. You're listening to Mountain Meister. Mountain Meister is supported by Bulls Bikes. Bulls is a well-established German brand, and I've recently heard about them as they are now launching U.S. distribution. BullsBikesUSA.com. They've got really easy-to-use comparison tools and videos to help you decide on what bike is best for you. I'm using the Nighthawk 2. It's their ultra-light carbon frame with Shimano Altegra components. I am loving it. I've used it all summer. Head over to BullsBikesUSA.com. Check out all of their bikes, anything from full suspension to road bikes. And when you're ready, 5% off with the code BULLSEY5 at checkout. We estimate that we have provided over 36,000 nights under the stars for kids that would not have had the opportunity otherwise. That's Brian Martin. He's the executive director of a nonprofit called Big City Mountaineers. You may have heard of them on this show before. BCM takes underserved urban youth on wilderness expeditions. They vary in length, anything from a day to a week long. And through these programs, the kids learn critical life skills like teamwork and leadership. To support all of this, BCM has a fundraising arm called Summit for Someone. That's where climbers like you and me can raise money for the organization and climb their dream peak. And that's how I ended up at 1.30 in the morning on Mount Hood. The donations that roll up from all of the climbers, all of the supporters of all of those climbers throughout the course of the year um, generate about half of Big City Mountaineer's budget. Last year, I joined the Summit for Someone Climb on Mount Langley. It's a 14,000-foot peak in the Southern Sierra. That was a backpacking trip, which was great. But this year, I was looking for more of an authentic mountaineering experience. That's how I found Mount Hood. We'll call it maybe an entry-level technical climb. You need crampons, you need an ice axe, and you'll be roped in with your guide and your teammates, but you still have that guide to control the risks. Nice level of risk and reward. Speaking of my teammates, before the climb, I was connected with Nini Meyer. My impression of Nini is that she doesn't seem to have negativity within her range of emotions. Hello there. How are you, Ben? Good. I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, good. Awesome. Awesome. Good to talk to you. Nini has been a big supporter of Big City Mountaineers through her organization called Positive Tracks. Which is um, a national youth development organization uh, based uh, in New Hampshire. And um, we help young people 
get active and give back uh, using the power of sport or or uh, sweat. You'll hear more about positive tracks in part two of this episode. With Nini, our final teammate would be her son, Jasper. He's probably the most mature 16-year-old you'll ever meet. I learned about Big City Mountaineers when Positive Tracks took on them as a charity partner. And mom said, you know, we just got acquainted with this really cool organization and you should check it out. So, you know, I did a little research and learned about uh, BCM's mission. And I thought that the work they were doing was really cool and inspiring and I wanted to be a part of it. And I was told about the whole Summit for Someone program and how positive tracks would double my dollars and such. So I uh, thought that would be a really neat way to do some some different fundraising, um, you know, where I had a, a pretty serious goal. And the hood trip worked with our schedule and, and it seemed like a neat mountain. So we decided to jump on board with that. So that's our dream team, Jasper, Nini, and yours truly. A bunch of East Coasters headed west to take on Mount Hood. Here's the plan. Day one, we meet in the morning at around 9 o'clock at the base of the mountain, get an overview with our guide service, Timberline Mountain Guides. They take us to snow climbing school, where we're supposed to learn the necessary skills for this mountain. Then, in the afternoon, we try to get some rest, go to sleep, and wake up that night for an alpine start. The big variable in all of this is obviously the weather, which is deteriorating as the trip draws nearer. I also find out that Nini is out and Rob, her husband, and Jasper's dad is in. How did you get roped into this, Rob? Uh, That's pretty simple. Nini and Jasper and Jasper's mom had signed up to do the trip and were very excited uh, and looking forward to doing it. And then Jasper's ex-principal from elementary school had taken a trip out to see his daughter graduate and had taken a picture of Mount Hood from the airplane. And as soon as Nini saw that, she said, there's no way I can do this. <laughs> um, and it wasn't. She, she runs ultra marathons and, and um, is extremely fit, but realized that uh, this was too far out of her comfort zone. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so-, so she said, you'll go with Jasper. <laughs> And I said, sure. Sure, yeah. Whatever. But I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't look at the website, didn't read the emails, didn't, um, didn't really pay much attention until about a week before when we were going through the equipment list. And all of a sudden, um, I realized this was a little different than what I was expecting to get involved in. So obviously, climbing big snowy mountains is inherently risky. Um, they're dynamic environments. They're constantly changing. That's Ben from Timberline Mountain Guides at our morning meeting before snow climbing school. He and Phil were our guides. So there are inherent risks such as falling ice, rock, um, you can have extreme weather, uh, altitude problems, death can result. Uh, Falling is another real concern on Mount Hood because it is such a steep climb. The morning meeting was important for Jasper, Rob, and me, especially because we were beginners. We learned a lot about teamwork. You know, part of being safe in a climbing team is good communication. So obviously it's important that you guys listen to Phil and I's instructions. However, we are human. We can make mistakes. And so it's important that you guys watch out for us as well. And so if you do see anything that's concerning, please speak up. Um, It could be something as simple as, you know, a falling chunk of ice that maybe we didn't see. Or maybe uh, another climber has a, a loose crampon, for example. 
Um, so just keep your eyes open, be aware, uh, and if you see anything that's concerning, please feel free to, to speak up. We talked about gear. Definitely Gore-Tex top and bottom. Uh, maybe bring a light fleece in addition as an extra layer. Uh, one to two pairs of gloves, light to medium weight. Cleaning up after ourselves. With Mount Hood, it is a uh, wilderness area on the summit. The wilderness boundary extends down to about 9,000 feet, a little over on the south side of the mountain. It extends further down on the north side of the mountain. Um, so we're going to practice leave no trace outdoor ethics. We pack everything out. The only thing we'll leave behind are pea stains and footprints. And so that means we also have to pack out solid waste. And then we talked about the weather. Timberline offers a rebooking option. If the weather's bad, you can pay 35 bucks, reschedule your climb for another time. So this is a pretty cool uh, graphic right here. Um, the time heights, it shows elevation on the x-axis and time on the y-axis and the green blob here is moisture the entire map was green um so we're gonna have a lot of moisture we're gonna be summiting right on this black line right here that's 5 a.m and 700 millibars is just under 10,000 feet so we're gonna be climbing through some precipitation through some moisture um but yeah, for tonight, uh, winds could gust as high as 55 miles per hour. And so that's, you know, basically you're crawling. Um, you're getting pushed around pretty significantly at the 40 mile an hour range. So how high, when we take the cat in the morning, how high does that take us? Up to 8,500. 85, that's the top of the ski area. Like 10, 10, 5, we'll yep. be making some pretty important decisions. Exactly, and whether or not. it's 11, 2. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we can almost always, even in fairly extreme conditions, get up to uh, the Devil's Kitchen at 10,200 feet. Mm -hmm. From there, it's still not super technical, but there is a, a slope that could potentially get loaded with snow. It's a leeward aspect uh, that we'd have to cross, and so we'd look at the snow stability there. Uh, forecast is not calling for a whole lot of uh, accumulation. So, two to, four two to four inches. Yeah. So that's enough that, you know, it's not where it snows, it's where it blows. And so that leeward slope could have a foot of fresh powder, even though it's only snowing two to four inches. And so we might not be able to go past that point. So um, we do need to decide uh, whether or not you want to uh, confirm or cancel the snowcat. Um, and again, it's, you know, it's an individual decision. Did you hear what Ben said there? It's an individual decision. You know, it's an individual decision. Yet coming up, we get caught up in the herd effect and make a lot of group decisions. Mountain Meister is supported by Steel. They make a diverse line of outdoors apparel, perfect for anything from your mountaineering expeditions up Mount Hood to the flannel that I'm wearing right now while I produce this episode about a mountaineering expedition up Mount Hood. I had a chance to sit down with Steve Sullivan. He's the founder of Steo. And I was wondering first, why does Steo clothing fit so well? We spend an inordinate amount of time on fit. And I think that's probably the one of the big differences. We, we not only have completely customized mannequins, fit mannequins that we use, that we spec and, you know, they're, they're these, there's this one mannequin company in Hong Kong that just does an amazing job and they're, they're the highest quality mannequins, all the fashion companies use them, et cetera. So we not only spent a good bit of money getting our fit right with those mannequins, but then we use 
um, three different male fit models and three different female fit models consistently um, every season to fit our clothing. So, and, and we also make sure that those people have, although they, we want them to conform to some kind of fit standard, we always make sure that there's a little bit of a difference in their body types, right? So one of them might have a longer inseam. One of them might have a, a you know, a, a larger measurement at hip than they do at waist, et cetera. We think a little bit differently than most outdoor companies. We think a little bit more from the regard of being a tailor as opposed to just trying to fit the widest variety of people. Um, we've been accused a little bit of being maybe a little heavy on the athletic side. So, a little more of a fitted profile, but that's what our customer base, exactly. um, I think has appreciated in our fit. You gotta, uh, yeah. If you're providing to the outdoors consumer, especially, uh, the active outdoors consumer, it seems like you, you would want to fit the athletic person. Yeah. And I, and I think that the, the big difference too, is that so many people are getting, um, there, there's all sorts of new, ways to get fit these days, right? It used to be, you know, you were a, a runner or a cyclist or what yeah. have you, but those sports have now blown up and cascaded into, you know, cyclocross is a huge sport now and the whole CrossFit movement is a huge thing and um, the warrior sports. And so we, we've been really cognizant of saying, you know, there is a customer out there because there are so many more people they're paying attention to their health and their well-being and their fitness levels that wants a better fit. For 20% off of sophisticated fitting clothing, head over to Stio, S-T-I-O dot com. Use the code Meister at checkout. You can only find that through this podcast. Meister at checkout for 20% off. Um, one option... You know, it's probably better if the, the weather was nicer as you can ski out, you can stash your- Here's where things really start to get interesting. Ben brings up the option of skiing down after we're done with the climb. My first thought is, wait a minute, the weather's already supposed to be bad, so why are we talking about adding in another thing that can go wrong? Fortunately, it seemed like everybody else was thinking the same thing. Phil asks, who's interested in doing that? Who's interested in doing that? No one raises their hands. Okay, that makes it easy. Boom, done. We're not skiing. Easy, right? But then something happens. Can't really put my finger on it. Maybe we're sizing up each other's egos. Maybe we're optimistic and we're saying, you know, if other people can do this, maybe we can too. I'm not really sure. But just like that, it all of a sudden becomes possible. I mumble something like, we could. Rob says it would be a nice way down, though. Another guy says, nobody wants to ski. And Jasper seems to be the only sane one in the room. Nobody wants to ski? Okay, I won't do it. I would love to do that, but no, I won't do it on my own. Do you ski often? Or you... Oh, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, it's all good. I'm Listen to me. Oh, I guess we can all just go ski down. Who is that guy? You take the ski, where do you, do you drop off your skis or do you take them with you? No, you just stash them right at the top of the ski area. You just stake them in the snow. You can put your ski boots in a plastic bag and then you would put your mountaineering boots in your backpack. Right, right, right. Yeah. Now it's really starting to look like a possibility. Phil and Ben reiterate the risks. Poor visibility, weather, heavy backpack. Cool. So, a show of hands again, how many people are out? 
At this point, everybody's kind of half raising their hand. Yes, no, maybe. It's hard to know. Like we never done it. What did we end up deciding? We're going to ski it. Then, at the end of the conversation, we return to the topic when it's time to take some action. All right, so it's eleven o'clock now. Um, do you guys gonna rent some skis? So the, the concern is uh, right. So now I'm thinking it's not. It's not you know, for me, it's it's just your ability to function and, and do things in that sort of weather. So I'm thinking changing about, right, your shoes, changing your boots, your shoes. Right. Can you right. do? I mean, any sort of gloves where you're able to have the dexterity and stuff like that. Right. Are you able to take your mountaineering boot off and mm-hmm. suffer in in, in wind chill temperatures with yourself? We decide not to ski. To be honest, it probably would have been fine if we did decide to ski. We're all expert skiers, or at least we say we were, and the terrain isn't exactly that, that extreme. But it still shows how social pressures can have such an impact on our decision-making, whether it's conscious or subconscious. This happened with somebody else in the room when he was deciding whether or not to rebook his client. No, no, I got that. He says, I guess if you're all going, then I have to go. be okay with, you know... Then, later in the conversation, when it's time to make a decision, his mind changes. So you're saying we can reschedule if we want. I'd have to come back next year. I yeah. go down every year. So. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, if it's not looking good, I've been through this. I was through this on Mount Adams right. last Monday, and it was right. ugly. It was ugly. It's going to be ugly tomorrow, I guarantee. I guarantee it's going to be ugly tomorrow. We had a blizzard going up. We didn't have wind, and it was ugly. Exactly. He decided to rebook his climb. Jasper, Rob, and I decided that we were going to go for it. We both live on the East Coast and didn't have any plans to come back to the area. And also, it was a summit for someone climb. There were more people involved than just us. After our meeting, we headed for snow school. We hiked for about 15 minutes to a certain part of the mountain that was good for training, then learned the skills that would be necessary for that night. Here it's really easy to think that there are no consequences because there aren't. Um, And so we just want to pretend like we have high consequences. So we'll take our time trying to be the most secure that we can. This session was pretty useful. We learned how to be roped in with our teammates. We learned how to self-arrest should something go wrong. And we learned a lot of different mountaineering styles. So starting out, the easiest way to ascend a big snowy mountain with soft snow is to kick steps straight up the fall line and again when we're kicking steps we're creating a snow platform now ideally you get your entire boot sole on that snow platform you can imagine that if your heel is still hanging out there in space you're going to be exerting more energy than if your heel is resting firmly on the ground another thing that you'll want to try to incorporate with all the different steps and techniques that we're using is uh, the rest step. Can anyone tell me what the rest step is? Oh, is that when you lock your knee? Perfect. And when you lock your knee, your downhill knee, you're resting on your skeletal structure, and so you get a momentary split-second rest. A few more hours in the rain, and we had mastered the rest step. We also learned the position of balance. So a position of balance is simply having your uphill leg in front of you, or forward. The duck step. One is laid out at a 45, which is a duck step. 
again, the and the crossover step. Uh, so what we're doing is a crossover step. I'm literally stepping over my foot. I'm using the uphill edge of my boot to chop out that snow platform. All right, this is Ben. Ben soaked to the bone after our climbing school. We learned some good techniques like uh, how to step the German style, the French style. We got used to our crampons, climbing harnesses. We learned how to self-arrest all in the pouring rain or at least windy and misty and foggy. And so we've heard it's supposed to remain like this for the entire night. We're leaving, meeting at 12.30 a.m. Cat leaves, snow cat leaves at 1 a.m. And then it's about a 20-minute cat ride, and then we start up. Who knows? I think all three of us have very low expectations. We can pretty much hike in, you know, really, really gnarly conditions as long as we can stay warm. But once we get up to about 10 to maybe 10,500 feet, we're starting to enter into more technical terrain where we're going to be roped together. Um, and we're going to need to be more conservative in our decision making. And so, you know, possibly, you know, reasons to turn around would be high winds. If we're on that technical terrain and we can't even stay on our feet, we're getting pushed around so much. That's a problem. We got to go down. If we get up to 10.2 or 10.5 and we can't see much more than 100 feet, you know, it's really hard to know if there are any potential concerns, uh, like falling ice or rock. Um, it's also, uh, it affects our depth perception, which can be an issue when we're climbing steep snow. So that's a problem as well. Uh, Phil did mention it possibly could be clear above 10,000 feet, according to this uh, time height model. Um, and then extreme cold as well. You know, if it's windy and it's cold, it's really hard to stay warm. Um, gloves usually do not have taped seams. Gloves are usually not 100% waterproof. And so your hands can get wet. If you didn't have multiple pairs of gloves and you can't keep your hands warm, then we have to go down. Um, so there's, you know, a number of factors here that uh, possibly could prevent us from continuing on. Visibility being a, a main concern and then high winds and extreme cold. With that, we had a big meal and headed back to our rooms to try to get some sleep. Rendezvous, 12.30 a.m. at the base of the mountain. This is Ben. It's uh, 11.30, excuse me, 11.30 p.m. Waking up, going to the base of Mount Hood. It's raining right now. Uh, It looks like about 50% chance of showers until 8 o'clock tomorrow so yeah we'll be dealing with some moisture out there who knows how far we'll make it but I'm gonna get ready try to wake up and then get going it's unfortunate looking at the weather that we didn't choose any of the other days because every single one is a 100% ball of sun if you know what I'm talking about for the next 10 days but we have the one rainy day nice all right. How you guys feeling? Uh, this is not really what I was expecting for my uh, first time attempting to summon hood, to say the least. That's us in the snowcat on the way up. 
What was rain at my hotel room had turned into a few inches of slushy snow at the base of the mountain and now nuking outside of our snowcat. Feeling, feeling somewhat ill-prepared. Definitely going to be an adventure for sure. We'll have to see. Uh, are you guys excited? I think it's nervous excitement more than Definitely, yeah. Desperate? I'm excited. I'm mean. excited. I can't, how about you? I can't say I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> I'm going to do it, see what happens. But I won't complain if we need to go back. You won't be, uh, we won't be wrestling for the, the, the stay on the mountain contest. Right, right. Our bid for the summit coming up in part two of this episode. Also, more information about how you can sweat for good with positive tracks and do your own Summit for Someone climb to benefit big city mountaineers. In fact, their 2017 climbs are up on their website. We'll have a link to that on our website, mountainmeister.com. And stay tuned next week when we release a special deal for any Meister fans that join a climb of their own. Mountain Meister is supported by Steo. You heard Steve Sullivan talk earlier about how great the clothing fits try it for yourself or makes a great gift for one of your friends steo.com use the code meister at checkout for 20 percent off i'll have pictures and videos of the climb as well as links to anything that we talked about at mountainmeister.com as usual i hope you enjoy doing the rest of whatever you do while you listen to the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore in this case it was me till next time i'm your host ben shank you've been listening to mountain meister mountain meister